podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Max Verstappen holds off Lewis Hamilton to win his first US Grand Prix. Ferrari finds some power and Daniel Ricciardo finishes in P5 in a track that we didn't think would suit the McLarens. G'day there. My name is James Baldwin and welcome to another episode of Lakeside Drive's F1 podcast. In this episode, we're reviewing the United States Grand Prix. And I'm joined by my friends and yours, uh, Campy. Hello there, mate. How are you doing? Gentlemen, how are you? Doing very well. And the very wonderful is back, Tommy T. G'day, mate. Back. I'm back. Can we just hold the phone for a second? Is that a new beanie, Campy? Whoa. Yeah, I've just got one. The other is that a freshie? Wash. That's the other one's in the wash. So oh, whoa. Well, hang on a second. Stop you the podcast. <laughs> hang on. All right. This is hang right. On. Stop. <laughs> Whatever. Formula One. Hang on. You washed the beanie. What? Is this the first time? All the magic's gone. How many? <laughs> Your COVID protection's gone. It's like it's like the mask that Helmut Marco's been wearing since Austria last year. It's like someone throwing at the starter of an amazing sour bread or something. It's just gone. It's <laughs> <laughs> years. Oh, yeah, just, no, regularly. It routinely gets a wash. It's it's look, it's Mate. slightly falling apart. So I might slightly. have to suck this one in. That looks Mate. like a darker green. It has That's been like falling, an olive number there. Your yeah, other beanie has been tighter. falling apart since the first episode of this podcast, which is almost three years ago. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? Can't you're wearing, it's actually it's, it's weird seeing this colour. If you're listening to the audio version of this podcast, just do yourself a favour, jump across <laughs> it. Like, you don't have to watch the YouTube version of it, but just look at Campy's head. Head. It's odd. It's uh, odd not seeing an, an olive colour on yeah. you or a greeny olive. This things is the going out eyes, Jim. Well, <laughs> the going out beanie. <laughs> <laughs> now that you got your freedoms back, you can finally yeah. put your going out beanie on. Yeah, uh, look, it. Tommy T, great to have you back. I do want to say a massive thank you to Freya for jumping on the podcast. Uh, I know that it is a bit overwhelming, quite honestly, jumping on any kind of podcast. <laughs> and uh, we spoke a little bit after we finished recording uh, and Freya's like, oh, you know, I need to make sure I didn't sound like a stranger. And I did remind her that on our uh, MotoGP podcast, even though that Manus lives 20 minutes up the road from Campy, we haven't yet met him either. So it's, <laughs> that's the Lakeside Driveway. Uh, but if it. you haven't listened to our pre-drinks podcast, go back and do that. We couldn't get Tommy T on, but uh, Freya was... A very, very great addition, uh, Mark yeah, K. A bit too even great, suggesting, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly, suggesting you should watch yourself, Tommy T. <laughs> I'm watching yeah, look, myself. She's quality <laughs> contributor probation. right there. So that's uh, that's what we want from the fans: a bit more fan engagement. And uh, that's it. if uh, you want a shot, just get your content and you get you get your comments better. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it doesn't matter. You don't have to speak that well to be on the podcast. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, honestly, what a great thing uh, for, for me to be able to just message someone who, yes, is Australian but lives in the Cayman Islands and say, hey, do you want to hop on the podcast? It was Saturday night, her time, can I just say, 6.30 Saturday night. It's prime time to be going out, I'm sure. Uh, but she chose to be on the podcast. So, look, a massive thank you to you. The other shout-out that I want to do is to, uh, well, I mean, 
if you have been across on our Instagram channel, you will know that uh, we have someone who's looking after that for us now. Lewis is his name. He's from the other side of uh, the Bay in Melbourne, so we won't hold that against him. Uh, <laughs> but he reached out and said, hey, look, you know, we'd love to volunteer to help out you guys. Uh, and he's doing a great job. Not only have we got better engagement already through what he's been doing, uh, but we've got more YouTube subscribers as well. And I have to be honest, that is one of the things I keep banging on about. Uh, and I'm only kind of apologetic, but we're sitting at about 570 out of a thousand now. And anything that you do in that space makes a difference. If you like the video, if you comment, if you subscribe, all of that stuff, it just helps. Doesn't cost you a cent, but it helps us at a significant amount. Uh, look, a massive thank you as well, of course, to our Discord channel. So good, guys. If you're not there, Go do yourself a favor, jump on. There was lots of Australian chat about, don't know how I feel about bacon and eggs in Formula One, but I feel like it's a good thing to experience, uh, which was this morning. <laughs> Loved that as well. Uh, and thank you to you if you've left a review. We've got 106 five-star reviews uh, in, uh, in Australia, which is great. We're one of the top F1 podcasts. Again, can't thank you enough for all of the things that you do yep. in that space because the three of us yep. are just like you. We're just fans. We bloody love the sport. We bloody love Daniel Ricciardo uh, and we love having a bit of a chat. So that's uh, it's all good vibes here on Lakeside Drive. All right, well, let's get into it, shall we, boys, because uh, the, the best part of the podcast, it's Campy's favourite part of the podcast, we'll <laughs> kick it off, Tommy T's television broadcast <laughs> review. <laughs> I managed to miss most of it. Uh, yes, you did. Which is becoming more regular. So <laughs> I had to work this morning and obviously I missed the podcast yesterday due to some prior commitments. So that means I was pretty behind. So I was trying to catch up, but I did just watch the race. I uh, didn't watch much of the start, but I think my highlights are going to be pretty much Instagram highlights. They weren't really the broadcast ones. It was Daniel in a NASCAR and Zach getting a Monza tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to be the highlights. So when McLaren's social media feed is better than Sky, I think that's saying a lot. Well, I mean, not difficult, is it? Let's be honest. No, uh, but to be honest, this has got to be one of the best because Austin is so much fun, isn't it, Campy? Oh, oh the best city in the United States by a country mile. Country mile. <laughs> so uh, fun. What was, I missed it too. I actually I started watching the race at about five past six. I, uh, I slept in after watching MotoGP last night and – I was a bit behind, so I missed the uh, missed the Star Spangled Banner. Bit of a yeah. What happened? All, all give, I've got give to us go a lowdown. Do, all I've got to do is go and watch another American sporting event to see it. Uh, <laughs> I was going to say that's like your. I would have thought that that would have been your alarm clock. Is you just suddenly yeah, the television <laughs> turned on to the national anthem and you would have been bolt upright, ready yeah. to go <laughs> with a bourbon in hand, the flag. correct? <laughs> just going full send, full campy. Donald J. Camp arrived at Kodai. Off we go. Entered through the television screen. Uh, well, look. Do they have a flyover? Let's be honest. We know that the United States can do that sort of stuff amazingly oh, yeah. well. Uh, boys, I'm not going to – look, go back and just watch it for yourself because uh, it was bloody fantastic. The whole thing, the, the spectacle, 400,000 people over That's the course of the awesome. weekend yeah. at Circuit of the Americas. I yep. will guarantee you this, listener. Turn one look packed. I will guarantee you this. In 2022 – 
hopefully all three of us, but definitely two of us will be at the Circuit of the Americas for something. Hopefully I'm still in this space. That'll be great, but uh, maybe not. Maybe on the other oh, side. Of dropping the hints, but, but I cannot wait, boys, to go to Coda oh. because the vibe, it, it like, yes, okay, the Netherlands Grand Prix, that like, sorry, Dutch Grand Prix, eh. Netherlands looked amazing, but you couldn't see anything because of the orange smoke, although yeah. there were a couple of obligatory <laughs> orange flares being let off at Coda anyway, but... The vibe looked amazing. Uh, again, Hillary, shout out to you, uh, our person on the ground. She was sending through all kinds of photos, walking around the track and telling us about the vibe. They were trying to get, uh, I think, her partner's dad some DR merch on like Saturday and it all just sold out. It had all gone. There was no Daniel yep. Ricciardo merch left anywhere at all. Uh, but Tommy T, just on that point for your broadcast review, again, another wonderful thing that was on F1 social media and then McLaren was also old mate in somewhere on one of the grass paddocks in his Danny Rick shirt doing a shoey. Having a shoey. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. Outstanding. Is there any debate that Daniel is the most liked in the United States? I don't think no. it's even close, is it? Not even close. Campy, even what do you think? Well, well, as we alluded to yesterday, F1 just did a global survey. And Lando was the favourite driver amongst all the women and, like, he got 20, 18% of the vote and Danny Rick only got 10%. I was like, geez, this is something. I didn't vote in that. Did you vote in that? I actually, yeah, I did it. I did the survey. <laughs> and I was I was brutally honest. It was, there was a section in it that said, like, uh, name recognition, give me, like, four words that, you associate with that one and like corrupt was number one that I put on there. <laughs> not a so surprise. Wow. <laughs> was Ferrari so the next I'm not I'm not sure how seriously they took my survey, but uh, Bloody hell. Yeah. That's all I remember about it. It took me about twenty minutes from memory. Well, look, it was an in-depth survey, absolutely. Uh, but look, Tommy T, we're talking about television broadcast review. Any other key points for the weekend? What were your thoughts of commentary? Brundle was back out with the one-liners, wasn't he? Was that, you know, it was, yeah, it was a good. month of Sundays, the dollar short yep. comment. He almost did it in rapid succession. Yes. And it might sound weird, but I was kind of happy to have Karun back. Well, it doesn't sound he, too he, weird. In the right environment, no. Karun is actually yep. very good. And I think... You know, Skypad is a good place for him, to be honest. Yeah. He was good. He was he was actually pretty good this weekend and it was nice for a change. Just like his 2010 some- season was pretty good too. <laughs> <laughs> so after the kerfuffle of last week and not having a uh, classic Grand Prix to watch, Campy went through and paid for F1 TV Pro and then started watching other <laughs> other um, races and he messages the chat to, 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 between the three of us and goes, just watching 2010 Karoon first <laughs> lap crashes, just lots of laughing. <laughs> no, it was an engine failure. Oh, engine failure. It was, I mean, he finally gets into F1 and have the car that he got into. I think the most laps they did in succession in testing was about seven. Yeah. Uh, so brutal. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame for the guy. I mean, he's worked really hard to get to F1 and then gets in that car. But to his credit, all the media that I saw uh, of him in that in that time, where he was super positive and uh, on the front foot, didn't bitch and moan like some of the others on the grid would have. Lewis Hamilton. Um, <laughs> no, he was very good. He, like he, he was very good in the media and the positivity that he showed. So I was a bit a bit impressed with Karun. Uh, Back in 2010, but I'll tell you what, I'm just watching like some season reviews and uh, just finished 2014 yesterday afternoon. And uh, what a cracking season that was! We were, I know Lewis won it, which is a shame, but I'll tell you what, 
If it went Nico Rosberg's way, he had four races, three, uh, four races where he uh, uh, had engine problems or car failures that made him lose points. In two of those, he was winning, and two of those, he was second place. Uh, one of them, he didn't even make the grid because of a clutch problem. And uh, whereas Lewis Hamilton, I mean, for as lucky as the guy is, he had all his issues in. Uh, in the uh, qualifyings or the practices, which meant you start at the back of the grid. But, you know, I mean, those cars back in those days were so quick, you could come from the back of the grid to second fairly easily. So, you know, I'm changing a bit of my – I mean, the memory of what those seasons were like was just Lewis Hamilton domination. But you go back, it wasn't really the fact. So, I mean, yeah. when people say that, you know, you know, Lewis won more races in 2016 than than Rosberg. I just go, well, look back at 2014, 15, all the bad yeah. luck that Rosberg had and, uh, you know, some of the good luck that Lewis did. So, I mean, look, the guy, I mean, the guy was better than Valtteri Bottas really in the way that he performed. I mean, consistently beating him on the front row and, uh, he made some mistakes at times too, but I'm stoked for him that he got that championship in 2016 in hindsight, looking back over it, watching these race reviews. So, yeah, yeah. it's good. Just a nice massive tangent there. But anyway. That- yeah, sorry. It <laughs> no, was it was good. Like, well, yeah. you know, Nico Rosberg, I think we forget about, you know, all we see of him now is either, well, I see a lot of him in Extreme E, of course, Fashion. but it's all the bloody <laughs> the, him and his dad with a Heineken ad. You know, that's that's all we get from a Formula 1 point of view. Tommy T, uh, the Dale Earnhardt senior car, bloody gorgeous, fantastic. As I said on the pre-drinks podcast, my favourite part of the weekend was Danny Rick's smile beaming through the windscreen of his car coming up to turn one. You could see as he pulled out of the pits just how excited he was to be driving the car. He even left some donuts up the very top of turn one that (sighs) we could see for the entire weekend. I mean, that's got to be probably one of the best parts of the weekend, doesn't it? Oh, it has to be. That that and his like American accent, which you guys already mentioned in the pre-tricks <laughs> as well. Yes. His American accent for a whole interview was outstanding. Nah, it was I mean, how good is Zach at actually living up to his word and doing those kind of things? Like, cause it's just so good for every everyone got to enjoy that. Daniel himself and all the fans got to enjoy that along alongside. And how's his bullhorn sideburns? They were pretty. Uh, they were <laughs> so classic. great. I might have to <laughs> give that just... a shot next year, maybe. Because <laughs> I, I seem yeah. to notice. So obviously there was a lot of different helmets this week, yep. and everyone's kind of jumping on that. Daniel was doing that years and years. He's embraced mm-hmm, yeah. America far, far ahead of anyone else. So it was nice to see everyone trying to catch up. But it's also kind of they're just trying to keep up with how, how much Daniel is getting love in America. They're like, uh, this is probably worthwhile putting my foot in this kind of massive arena. Yeah. Well, um, it's a and gr- try and get some fans. Massive growth area for Formula One. You yeah. know, as we know, he loves America, Daniel Ricciardo, because America loves him. You know, Netflix's yep. drive to survive has been a big part of that. But obviously being an Aussie, there's no other US guys in the sport. So, you know, an Australian is an easier to love than a Canadian, certainly if you're from there, sorry, all our Canadian friends, but the guys in the US aren't going to exactly love you. It's like us trying to love New Zealanders. Sorry, Campy. Uh, but it makes sense, right? And he loves being there. He landed there Monday night. He said afterwards he we'd had a lot of Texas barbecue. Italiano posts lots of barbecues like in between his fitness things like, yeah, you know, join my fitness program and then just masses amounts of me. It was very funny. Uh, and he's even hanging around. Before going down to Mexico, he's not going down early. He's hanging around in Texas for a little longer. So it's oh, it's a lot of love there for both directions, and that's good. All right. Well, Tommy T, 
We had Jensen back, of course. We had Martin back. It was a pretty yep. good uh, package. It was good. What was your it's score? It's kind of hard to be bad with all the good stuff around it, isn't it? It You're is. In You're great right. location with good stuff. What do you think of Danica Patrick? Oh, yeah, let's talk about Danica. Yeah, I thought she was pretty good. Like, obviously, she's she doesn't have that much kind of in, in the F1 arena, but, like, she's super talented and obviously knows her stuff and obviously knows that circuit uh, enough to comment. I think she was really good. It was nice to have a different accent, can I just say, and Correct. someone with a completely different point of view of things. Uh, she drove the wheels off that McLaren with Simon Lazenby in it as well, which was very funny to watch, just watching yep. Laser going, I'm not happy about this. But, yeah, yep. I think it was nice. It was good. I mean, obviously, that's an American thing. If we tried to do that here and they went, oh, we're going to Australia and then the guest commentator is campy. <laughs> Could <laughs> you imagine? I'm like, that'll be right. <laughs> that would no. be Quality. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, I, uh, we're doing all of these interviews, but you're in the bin, right? You've got to stand in the bin, and then if you're good enough, you can get out the other end. <laughs> What's your score, Tommy T, for the television broadcast review? Uh, I think, well, this is, it's going to be a seven, I think. That's, seven. That's like a, re- a real seven, not last time. No, last yeah, last time you said seven because you were seven. a coward. You it's just you caved in at some point. It's true. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, look, I think you, you're pretty spot on. Uh, it was nice to have Martin back in the commentary box, can I just say. Yes. He is the best at it, I think, uh, in recent memory anyway. For sure. Um, anyway, that's good, to, that's good to know. We could talk about the national anthem here. Uh, Campy hasn't heard it yet, but Campy, just imagine in your mind how good is it because I, the only reason I raise this is on the YouTube live stream, Creaky says, uh, Campy only watches the commie anthem, subliminal hint. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate that shit. <laughs> you obviously haven't listened to enough of the podcast to understand that I cannot stand it. What are you talking about? You come here like, oh, this nice off off major to the slight minor key here and, you know, all the hope's been sapped out of this the orchestra. Anyway. No, mate, I'm a God, guns and family man. So there we go. <laughs> Texas. Bring it on. Mate, I uh, I cannot wait, honestly, for Coda next year. It's, it is going to be. Did you get a tattoo in Texas Campy? Yeah, did you get a oh, tattoo dude. in Texas Campy? What you, what's your tattoo? Well, I think, oh, I think Tommy T, let's let's just wait, shall we, until okay, we're at Texas yeah. next year and we can I have a bit so. of a reveal as he gets his second tattoo. Uh, we'll see if we can go to the same parlor that Zach went to. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and uh, and get a honey badger or something tattooed underneath the beard <laughs> that no one will ever see because it's oh, always I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but look, I'm sure Campy. I'm sure you think the uh, national anthem is amazing. Uh, look, let's talk about the the race itself, shall we? Uh, before we go our team by team analysis, I just want to have an overview chat of Daniel Ricciardo. Of course, we just spoke about how. At home, he seems at this Grand Prix, McLaren performed a lot better than we thought they were. Uh, Campy, you and I had said in pre-drinks as well, we weren't too sure about a lot of the medium speed corners, but they found a little bit more pace in the second and third part of the track. Uh, Ferrari, though, finding even more pace in the first sector, which they were a little shocked with. But overall, DR out-qualified Lando. He's outperformed Lando. It's a good result for him in in a, in a track that he likes. I mean, moving forward, we've got Mexico, of course. Is this really what we're going to be seeing? Is this is your F1 prophecy going to come true for the rest of the year and see Danny Rick out-qualify and outperform Lando? Oh, absolutely. I think it's a tale of the half of the foot. Like, if you take the first half of the season and the second half of the season since the break, um, 
that's exactly where we thought Danny Rick was going to be at the start of the year. I just think he goes on from here as yeah. he gains more and more confidence in the car and uh, walks on. I mean, qualifying's 10-7 at the moment. So, yeah. I mean, I know there was a few earlier in the year that probably shouldn't have gone his way, but 10-7 and, what? I mean, what's he only 50 points behind Lando in the points now? So, I mean, I don't think that that gap is surmountable with the rest of the races that we have this year fighting for the positions that they're fighting for. But I just think... Uh, I think he's got that base now, um, and he'll just continually improve, improve for the rest of the year. We know he's, we know the professional that he is. Um, I mean, it's good coming to a place that he obviously likes, uh, but it wasn't a track I, I expected McLaren to no. do well at. No, um, no. I mean, particularly Danny Rick's first sector uh, was way better than Lando Norris's, but uh, I think that was car yeah. setup. I think he lost a bit of time in that last sector compared to Lando, but um, race pace was quality. Uh, I mean, pretty even comparable on race pace. Um, but I think it was great that he held up Science the whole race. I know, yeah. Science had some bad luck with a bit of a bad pit stop and definitely had more pace in the in the McLarens over the weekend. But, I mean, track position at times is, is what defines your place. We saw Leclerc get up the road by, you know, what, 20, 24-odd seconds. So didn't have the pace to match with Leclerc, but could definitely have the pace to keep Science behind. So I think he'd be stoked. Top five, he would walk away with that any day of the week. Yeah. Uh, we saw a crack and opening lap, didn't we? <laughs> Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, I think the opening what... lap cemented it for me. His confidence in that, he has not had that all year, has yep. he? The confidence to make those moves, those late lunges, putting the car where it shouldn't be and risking kind of more than he has previously this year. I think that was the show of confidence he now has in this car, especially against his teammate and especially against Signs, who is a crafty, crafty driver. He was. Signs well, was on anything. the softs, remember? So. Yeah, exactly. But he was not giving anything, was he? He was so determined to get back in front before the end of that lap and make sure that he had track position. And we, we would have seen him previous just kind of be more conservative and think about the long term, like, no, I need to not crash. I need to not do these things and hold back. Yep. He was not holding back. It was awesome to see. Yeah. yeah, I think his race craft is going to continue to grow and grow yes. and grow. I mean, we know he can overtake. We know what he's like when he uh, when he's in a car that he likes. But uh, yeah, some of those. I mean, that driving on the first lap, but even to hold off signs. Yeah, um, uh, brilliant, brilliant Grand Prix for Danny Rick. Top five. I mean, we always want him to do better. <laughs> uh, but bloody good. I mean, if he wasn't in that fight with Signs, and I only think the only reason Signs was in that fight was because of his soft tyres on the mm. opening lap. Um, but, you know, he could have had a shot at Leclerc down the back straight, and if he had got in front of him, um, I don't think he would have been able to hold him off for the whole race, but we saw what he did with Signs. So a yep. uh, bit of a shame, but, hey, we always want more from him, and he's on the improve. He's definitely back. He's he's more than competitive. Uh, if we look at the times over practices too, still a, still a fair bit behind Carlos um at times in the practice yep. sessions but I, I don't think that that is indicative of the pace that that Danny Rick has when it comes to qualifying I mean yep. I mean the improvement over his qualifying from lap to lap to lap he tends to build up to it whereas Carlos is sort of there from that point on so there's still room to improve there always is and he'll just continue to get better but he'll walk away with uh he'll walk away with that um, with that rivalry this year, it'll be firmly on his side of the uh, garage by the end of the year. Yeah, I think you're right. And look, at the end of the day, as we've said time and time again, it's about 2022. It's not so much about this year. We, As we said in the pre-drinks podcast, Campy, there's good news coming out of the simulator work for him. Not so great yeah. for Lando. 
which is neither here nor there. But for, no. for the rest of this season, if he manages to get some great performances, of course, we're going to Mexico in a couple of weeks, Brazil after that, uh, going to Qatar, which we haven't raced at before, um, Abu Dhabi and Jeddah as well. Most of these, still got some racing. Though. We've yeah. got. I mean, yeah, it's a pretty big season as we as we know. But we've got a, a couple of tracks in there. I think that McLarens should, maybe more traditionally, as we should say, this year suit better, um, more so than we thought. Coda. So if there's those advancements coming along, then you know it's going to be an interesting title fight between McLaren and Ferrari. That's that's really the the juicy part part for me now. I should say, <laughs> um, especially with Leclerc's pace. You know he was really in no man's land for a lot of this race after the first couple of laps. Yes, Carlos started on the softs, but he came back at Daniel after some pit stops on the mediums, and he was there to to see. So and then maybe not the best race pace towards the end for DR, but racecraft wise. Fantastic. The defending is good. He kept, you know, Carlos in a second, a second and a half behind him for quite a while there at the uh, the very end of the race. Uh, the other overarching point I want to talk about before we get into team by team is, of course, the championship as a whole. Uh, the Max v. Lewis battle. Uh, it's a good thing, Tommy T, to have yeah. this kind of tension the whole way through. This was fighting really down until the last laps. Lewis was told it would be all down to the last three laps. He almost did it, but he just lost some traction. It looked like out of turn 11. But overall, for us as fans, this is a a mega way to continue this season. Well, I think they pointed out in the commentary as well, didn't they, that in the past that uh, Lewis has wrapped up the season here, Mm -hmm. which when we think about how many more races we've still got to go is not really that competitive kind of just playing some dead rubbers towards the end, aren't we, and seeing where everything else shakes out. This is so alive and anyone can still win, which is exactly what we want. We want these races to mean something going later into the season. We don't want to be all over. So I think that's the biggest thing. And also just getting to see them on track, getting to see them strategize, hearing Max yell over the radio, like, use Checo, bloody use it. <laughs> like, that's what we want to see. We want yeah. to see these two, like, playing chess also as well as driving. I think it was excellent. Yeah, it's great yeah. to it's great though, and we, again we see this in the pre-drinks. It's great that Checo's now finally in a position to yeah. be used in that way, and I don't mean used in a negative way, but he's mm. found the setup of his car himself. He's not copying Max anymore. Uh, yep. He's clearly well. I mean, I was to say he's clearly more comfortable in the car. He, he didn't have the drink uh, after <laughs> not turn really one. But- he looked like a very hot boy uh, oh. afterwards. Even Dr. When Dr. Took off his fireproof thing, he was just drenched. In yep. sweat, so no good for Checo. I can only imagine he was not feeling that great afterwards. But, yeah, it's good, Campy. The, the championship fight, I mean, when was really the last time that we had such an interesting championship between two different teams, not like a Max, uh, sorry, not like a Lewis v. Rosberg kind of battle? I mean, this is before the Turbo Hybrid era, of course, but. 2010 would be the last right. one. It's been a long time coming, hasn't it? Three drivers that could mathematically win going into the last round of Brazil. So, you know, that was 11 years ago. Unbelievable. Yeah. It's good. It's great for the sport. It's great for fans. We obviously love talking about it. Uh, And that racing all the way to the very last lap of the race is what we love talking about as well. All right, lads. Let's go through our team-by-team analysis as we always do. We're going to start at the very back. Uh, It's Alpine because both cars – had a DNF, uh, Ocon, yeah. no good. Fernando, it's it almost sounded like, well, Fernando decided the car was going to be retired because there was an issue with the rear wing. Um, I don't know if he just wasn't enjoying himself and it was the Fernando of old where he's like, that, 
this is, I'm retiring the car. Retire. I can't be bothered anymore. I'm too far down the back of the pack. But Alpine Campy just didn't really have a great weekend overall, did they? No, they weren't quick in quality. Neither team made it into Q3. They started compromised. Ocon got taken out of lap one by, sorry, not taken out, but he and Ocon um, yeah. had an issue, took out his front wing, and that compromises the race. When you don't have much anyway, there's no way you're fighting for points. Uh, I can't remember what happened to Alonso, but yeah, he uh, what happened? He was just he just had an issue oh, with his right. rear wing, had, is what he no, said. No, he yeah. had that. He had that battle with Giovinazzi and Raikkonen, got past yep. him, and then had to give the spot back about seven or eight laps radar, and then got in front of him again. And Giovinazzi had to, you know, yield the position the same way that you know almost carbon copy of what uh, Alonso did to yeah. him. So he would have been frustrated, and I can understand. I can I can give Alonso a pass on retiring the car. Like, yeah. what what is the point? In doing, what's the point in remain, running the remaining laps? Yeah. Save your engine. You got parts allocations. It just hasn't been their weekend. Um, I think as an organisation, they'd be starting to scratch their head a bit mm. about where they go and what they do. Because I think, uh, I mean, it hasn't this track hasn't traditionally been an Alpine track? But we saw how Renault went last. Well, year in twenty nineteen, and Danny Rick, Rick right? Twenty nineteen, yeah. yeah. Yep. So. Which would be would be a bit of a shocker for them, um, but that's motorsport, isn't it? And uh, yeah, oh, you know, look, I like their new uh, team principal guy from MotoGP. His name eludes me at the moment, but I think they maybe went a bit early on um, on Ocon. Uh, no, on, oh, on Ocon, definitely. <laughs> but um, yeah, Cyril beatable. I think uh, uh, yes. Cyril had that team, and I think ultimately when Danny Rick moved on, I thought the organisation. Thought, oh, you know, if Danny Rick doesn't want mm. to stay. You know, if we can't keep a top driver like that, maybe we need to make some changes. And maybe they made them too early, but you know, again, they're looking forward to next year. We were never supposed to have this year anyway, yep. and it's a bit of an inconvenience. But uh, lucky, it's you know, we're seeing two guys go toe to toe for the title. It sort of highlights Tommy T, doesn't it? The distinct car differences between sort of nineteen twenty and twenty one. Yeah. Of course, as can't be said. I mean, now we've got the beluga whale of the Alpine with a massive <laughs> Peugeot mouth at the very top of the car. Looks horrible. It does look horrible. But uh, but realistically, as again, they'll be focusing on next year. It's a shame though because I, I genuinely thought Fernando would have had a good time out at Coda. He's been yep. very spicy all year. I, you know, Hungary was a great example of his defence against Hamilton for a very long time, which he had really mm-hmm. no place defending for that long. I was hoping that we would see some more of that pace come through, especially through those S's. But yeah, not to be. Uh, nah, just unlucky. Over, overall, though, it's yeah, it's definitely a weekend to forget for them, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Haas, which is weird to talk about them after Alpine, but uh, Mazepin <laughs> and Schumacher. Look, Schumacher almost gave Max a very big hand, didn't he? Whilst definitely he helped, held up it? Max yeah. a little bit, it did put him in DRS range. Yeah. Uh, which gave him the slipstream. And I just wonder if Mick Schumacher had moved over a lot earlier. I don't really know why yep. he was going as hard as he was for that whole time. Mazepin, who ended up behind him finishing-wise, wasn't anywhere near him anyway. No. He could have just pulled off the track and it would have been interesting to see what Lewis would have done. Again, I'm only saying that because Lewis was my mega driver this weekend and I made a huge mistake. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but really, for Haas... Again, this is their home Grand Prix. It should have been a wonderful thing. Mick Schumacher had a special helmet. That was nice. But they just flail in insignificance, don't they, until yeah. it's the last couple of laps and the leaders are coming up on overtaking them. Get out of the way. <laughs> well, I think, I think they were really trying to hang on to not be lapped twice. I think that was yeah. 
probably a conversation that was going on in the team garage. Uh, he was never going to hold on to it, but uh, I think that's probably why he was going as hard as. And I don't mind him going hard. Uh, I mean, it's unfortunate we didn't get to see Lewis with DRS. Don't think it would have made a massive, massive uh, dent in that gap. I mean, it may have, but I mean, Lewis realistically needed two or three laps of DRS to make that move anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. but Schumacher, yeah, he's driving with a bit of poise and he's thumping his teammate. Oh, uh, thumping! Maz- it's like a minute and a half down Mazepin on yeah. Schumacher and finishing time. It was ridiculous. Yeah. And look, I don't know what happened with their strategies because I mean, the backmarkers seem to pit two or three more times than everybody <laughs> else at times. You don't really know what's going on. They're glorified test team, yeah. but um, you know, look, I, I'm Schumacher's had a very good year considering the car he's in yep. and beating his teammates all you can do that's all you can be yeah. asked to do he's spanking him in qualifying continually so a bit of a shame for Haas at their home track but you know next year they can come back with all this development they've got two races mm. in the US mm. and build the brand and uh I mean, we've seen what that team can do in places like Melbourne. Absolutely. When yeah. they're on, you know, they're on. When, when the tyres stay on. I mean, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's two, two years in a row. I mean, that, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. yeah. It's a real shame for them. So, yeah. um, no, I, I mean, I'm really interested to see a bit of behind the scenes when we do see a drive to survive about what actually happened. We've seen nothing. We've barely seen um, Gunter. Yeah. Like, hardly I, seen I wanna him. Know, yeah. I want to know some dynamics. What's actually happening because they're, they're everywhere, but we see nothing of them. They just kind of turn up and they're at the back. Yeah. Kind of like Williams. We want, we want to know why they're at the back, what's going on, what's that team dynamic, and do we like these guys and should we invest more time and energy into what their futures are? Yep, I completely agree. And they are the team, aren't they? Really, apart from Alfa Romeo, but it's because Kimi is there. I think once yep. Valtteri goes to Alfa, we'll see a slight change. Of course, we'll see probably a slight change with Andretti taking them over, which is yeah. still not confirmed, but it's it's rumoured to be done. Uh, and we know <laughs> that Andretti has a massive following and they will bring oh. a, a lot of US fans to the sport. So to sure, have- this was the time to announce it. I completely agree. Uh, but that's okay. <laughs> Look, I'm sure it was only just done, apparently. Yeah. So anyway, it's interesting to see. Uh, but Williams, though, also equally struggled this weekend. Uh, can't be, no, even Mr. Saturday- of course, he had an engine penalty and he was right down the very back. He went from 20th yeah. to 13th, which was fab on the first lap or two laps, uh, but that's really where he stayed. He ended up finishing 14th and uh, the nicest driver in the grid, uh, Nick Latifi, finishing in 15th after spinning around yeah. with uh, Lance Stroll. Uh, sorry, I, I said yeah. Ocon spun. I didn't mean that. I meant that uh, Stroll had spun around. And that was unfortunate. It didn't seem like it was, you know, a big deal. But, I mean, two Canadians spinning each other around. Sorry, eh? Eh? Sorry, eh? Hey. Just drive off hey. being nice to each other. Uh, but, yeah, Williams, it, they're kind of like for the mid part of the year, they came a long way and we saw them yep. and, like, it was a you know, random podium that didn't really make sense. They didn't deserve and then they're here and mm, it's like, <laughs> oh, okay, we're back there it again. Seem, seems like they hit a bit of a purple patch, uh, you know, four or five weekends in a row. And yeah, they were nowhere this weekend. But a lot of the back market teams were nowhere compared to you know the, the. I mean, you could separate the two, the top five teams, pretty easily down the knife. Everyone else behind wasn't doing too much. And uh, I mean, they're competing with Aston Martins, really. I mean, the mm. times aren't comparative, but you know, I mean, I know things happen to Vettel and Stroll, which means they're they're on track together. But uh, yeah, look, 
Bit of a shame for them too this weekend, but who cares? <laughs> Move on. Good summation. Move on. Tommy T, yeah, Alfa Romeo. Uh, Kenny Raikkonen was having a good bit of a go and then it kind oh, of spun, spun it. it. Yeah, yeah, it was no good. He finished in 13th. Then Giovinazzi in 11th. Uh, I'd like your opinion, Tommy T, because Giovinazzi still doesn't really know his future. We thought Guan Yu Zhou was going to be confirmed before Coda. That hasn't happened. You know, we know the Andretti thing. We've talked about Oscar Piastri. Yeah. We've spoke, spoken about a couple of different options here, but yeah. it's not really that fair on Giovinazzi. It kind of almost no. smells of Alex Albon and Red Bull and holding over, you know, this seat over him for a very long time. Yeah. Um, Gio didn't do a terrible job, can I just say, especially with his, no. his racing with Alonso. Yeah, no, I think he's done fine. I think the problem's going to be if you're Andretti and you're buying in, you're going to want to have a say on everything there. You're not going to want to take over a legacy hmm. kind of thing. So I don't think he's going to get the answer he wants until very, very late this season, if not in the off season. I think that's just going to be the way it checks out. Because why would they commit to something when they don't have to yet, when they've got all this opportunity to change, adapt? It, there's going to be nothing new that they don't want. Do you know what I mean? So I think it's going to be pretty unfair on him for the rest of the season. But he's performed well. I think he he's hopefully going to be able to find another seat if he gets dropped this next coming season and come back, maybe just have one year off. Hopefully there's a bit of bit of shake around, but who knows? I think he, he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time, unfortunately. Yeah, that's probably a good call. Campy, what do you think? Because realistically, there's a lot of young talent waiting to come in. We know how Formula One loves hiring young people. Where does he go? <laughs> yeah. If he doesn't get this seat, where does he go? all over again. Oh, if he doesn't yeah. get his seat, I mean, if he doesn't get his seat, he'll go to Indy. Like, he'll, he won't come back, um, which is a shame for him. I mean, the guy's obviously got some pedigree. He's done well against Raikkonen. Raikkonen's off it. I would suspect that as a fan, I'm looking at Raikkonen and the career he's had and knowing, you know, that he is on the arse end of his career and he is, he is falling backwards and he doesn't have the pace that he once had or used to. He's still pretty consistent. But you'd be expecting for him to make gains and headlines in this sport to be making Kimmy look second rate. Mm. Um, I mean, his one-lap pace has been really pretty good yep. um, considering the car he's in um, at times in the second half of the season. But, I mean, first lap incidences, they hurt when he's got some chances to to really make some points. I don't think he's doing anything wrong. But then again, the car's not really indicative of getting the consistent points where he needs to be. Um, you know, he's beating Raikkonen, which is probably a good feather in his cap, but I don't think it's enough at this stage of his career. I mean, he's had, what, three years in that seat now and uh, – and with a new organisation coming in, yeah. what are the plus sides of keeping him? Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, they're all very valid points. Uh, it's a sad. In saying that, he's sitting there going, I'm wrong place, wrong time. The car's shit. My teammate's really good and I'm beating him, which is all we can expect these yep. drivers to do. But he goes, this is the year we were never supposed to have. Well, I was supposed to be in a brand new car and yep. a brand new series next year with a chance, with all the cost cuts and all the uh, – um, you know, the new technology, so it's more about the racing driver, not so much just dominated by machines. And he'd be frustrated going, I want that shot. And, you know, that's probably the way he's looking at it. But unfortunately, I mean, these things just happen sometimes and there's not a lot, you know, you can do about it unless perform on track and 
the car he's got says he can't really do it. So there you go. Yeah, it's it is a shame, but it is Formula One, uh, and of course, if if that seat ends up going to Oscar Piastri, then we won't care at all. Uh, Aston no, Martin, uh, <laughs> look again, not that great. Seb Vettel in tenth, uh, Lance Stroll in twelfth. Uh, look, Seb obviously did a good enough job to come from 18th to 10th after having that engine penalty starting towards the back and he finished in the points. There was a, a you're right, Campy, there was a decent scrap in that middle pack for that last championship point in the Alonso, Giovinazzi, Raikkonen, Vettel, Stroll, that area, and of course, Sonoda as well. That was probably more intense than anywhere else on the racetrack uh, because they were taking a hell of a lot more risks to try and get those championships points, weren't they? Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'd, Stroll didn't look good all weekend, did he? No. To be honest. No. And I just again, don't think that car was set up for you. I think they were just It was just odd, Aston Martin. Yeah. It's just an odd situation, I, was, I think. For the rest of the year, they're just not going to be there. I said yesterday that I would firmly put, you know, an eye on Stroll and look what he's doing, and he crashed into and turn he immediately one. immediately didn't. Like, <laughs> oh, well, let's give up on squeezed. the – He did get squeezed. I mean, Vettel showed some pace at times in the race. They were fighting pretty hard for that last point, but uh, you know it didn't come off. Uh, yeah, look, I, that that organisation, if they are not on the front foot for next year, designing that car, they could fall back and be a mm. very you know seventh or eighth best team in the, on the grid uh, next year pretty quickly. Um, I mean, they doubled down last year and went on that. You know, copied the Mercedes or concept anyway, and then into this year, we know that Mercedes isn't working like it has previously, and mm. and that's why they're struggling so bad because they took that concept last year and it worked for them, but this year it's you know it's left them. It didn't really work for them. It just got Checo and Red Bull. That was the only thing it did. <laughs> I mean, they got some yeah. races last year, but. I mean, yeah. Force India when it moved to Racing Point and now Aston Martin. I mean, at times that was the they were the best performing team. Out, you know, when you compared the money comparisons, you know, pound for pound, yeah, the for best sure. team and yep. Uh, yep. the workshop worked really well. I know they had some problems with management with uh, VJ Malia or whatever his name was, and then it got taken over. Yeah. But maybe the heart's been ripped out of that team and what's happened because they, you know. Maybe it's because of the guy that. Now well, it's a maybe be, no, they need their new maybe campus. It's, that's maybe why. It's, maybe it's <laughs> the new campus will solve all the issues, Tommy. Well, T. You're very it's correct. A, well, yes. It's a yeah. campus for ants. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a Zoolander <laughs> reference. Yeah. I did not My expect that from bloody you. Bloody hell! Hang on a wow. second. Everyone, Good slow down. You. New beanie <laughs> on the head Jeez. and a pop culture reference. Are you oh, okay, mate? One of the greats that movie. There you go. He was even there this weekend. We got we got way too much way way too much footage of him standing around the paddock unnecessarily. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Uh, look, tell me, T, new campus. I think, as you're right, let, let's see yeah, what happens in that space. Exactly. I want to talk about Tauri because uh, Gasly, no good. Um, he sounded shattered, didn't he? Uh, well, I mean, they were bloody pulling his engine apart on the grid. Yeah. Trying to get it sorted and then, yeah, just hearing, I mean, the Honda motor sounds demonic at the best of times. We yeah. know that from uh, 2019, Santa listening to it. But in, you know, slightly lower revs uh, at slightly lower speed, it sounded more oh. demonic. Um, that just yeah. sounded pretty good, I thought. But shame for him because he's carried a lot of pace through this year. You know, he's around that 6th, 7th, 8th, fairly consistently. When he's on, he's had a couple of times where it's been a bit hard for him. But uh, for his teammate in Yuki Tsunoda yeah. to start in 10th and finish in 9th, 
uh, and have enough. a very good battle with Valtteri Bottas, really? can I just say. Yeah. It was very good racing. It wasn't any random dodgy things or anything else. It was very good Yuki. Tommy T, I mean, he has to be happy for that, surely. He has to be happy, but I still don't think it's good enough. He's got to capitalize on that car was better than that position. I think, yeah. I don't know. I suppose like the next up is Lando. So it is it is a tall order, but I don't know. When your teammate goes out, this is your time to shine. And I don't know if taking home two championship points is really doing it, is it? Uh, well, I, I mean, it's better than overall season. for his whole performance this year. Like, I mean, this would be yeah. his bare minimum compared to, yeah. you know, Gasly in a, in a teammate putting it a lot I mean, higher up the grid. Unless he's going to be in the fastest car and he can just defend the whole race, like, that's not going to do any good because he didn't pass anyone on track. Like, all he was doing was stopping people getting through and annoying the shit out of everyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, but he did well at that. Like, you can't fault him. He was very good at placing that car in positions that were frustrating Max for ages and then Lewis and then so. And what did you think of the Acura branding on the rear wing, Tommy T? Disgusting. Just <laughs> Acura is a dumb thing. Just don't do it. Just Americans, just get on board with the brands that the rest of the world has, dummies. <laughs> God. I saw that for the weekend and my first thought uh. was, Tommy T is going to bloody hate this. So he is going to bloody hate it. And I was right. <sighs> Just Campy, Yuki, in semi in the bin, out of the bin for this weekend? Oh, in the bin still. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> like, hey, two, two weekends in a row, he is qualified in Q3 mm-hmm. and he got some points. I can't remember if he got points at Hungary. I think he was 11th, maybe missed out. I mean, so he's heading in the right direction, and that's that's a cap in his feather that he'll uh, <laughs> see what I did there. Cap in his feather. did not mean that. I did you so. You did not mean that. Oh, I do this all the time. That would have taken so much thought to try and say that without laughing because you're, you're very funny, good at laughing. Come on. At Mate, I am, I am the king at taking the piss out of myself. Well, that is true. That is true. Bloody um, hell, that was fantastic. Mate, you're on fire today. James yeah. in my face every time this happens. <laughs> just link eyes. Like, <laughs> I've got Tommy T's face just behind the camera here, so yeah. I always enjoy looking just behind to see your reaction. Oh, yeah. so it is very good. Uh, but, yes, yeah, a nice just, just for the Yeah, I think he's on the way up and he's, you know, he's getting some better results than what he's getting. So that's all he can be doing. He's got to drive for next year. Well, that's it. Should should he be in the sport in the first place? Should he got to drive next year? Well, no and no, but he's here. So we've got to talk about him, don't we? And, uh, yeah. Geez, he's so tiny, though. I just. (laughs) Did you see them try and put him in the boot of that? Um, I think it was, I saw it on social media. It was all of the Red Bull Alpha Tauri boys in the back of like a pickup and they had this like esky in the bottom of like the tray and they made Yuki get in and it got all wet because it was full of ice. (laughs) (laughs) They shut the lid on him. (laughs) Like you could put like the suits and stuff in there. We'll have to find it now. It was good content. Well, we'll post that in the Discord. Tommy T will go and find it and post it there. But yeah, AlphaTauri, Sonoda, not bad. Uh, His uh, racing helper, Alex Albon, is going to be on the grid kind of near him next year. So that's going to be interesting. But again, good guy Albon. Uh, also, can I just say, good guy Albon got in a car with Perez and made some excellent uh, content for Red Bull um, over the weekend. So there's no any no grudging there at all. The guy is just an, it seems to be an guy. absolute legend. So that's that's mm. really nice. Uh, let's talk about McLaren. Uh, Danny Rick in fifth, of course. Lando Norris in eighth. Uh, Tommy T. Lando, we just really didn't see a lot oh, of him this weekend, did we? Oh, Bit of a struggle though. Can be kind of speaking about it in the pre-drinks, and I'm thinking, yes. right. 
struggling. Mm. <laughs> the pressure is on. I think, like we've talked about, the shift is moving away from the car setup, which is something we don't know much about car setup. Let's not let's be honest about that, hey. Mm-hmm. But it sounds like McLaren had a style of setup that favoured what Lando liked and was probably a bit more mainstream, say. Whereas Daniel's like, no, this needs to be on the edge. This needs to be crazy. And it's moving that direction and Lando's not dealing well with it. We just saw that Daniel managed to squeeze a bit more out every qualifying session as well. And Lando just wasn't able to do it in that last one. And then same in the race. Like he had so much more control of that car out of those turns. You saw Lando going in and very timid on his exits. Whereas Daniel was putting the power down, letting it slide a bit, but controlling it much better than Lando was, especially on that opening couple of laps. It was I think it's very telling now that that car is moving way more towards Daniel's style of driving. I think uh, to give him a bit of praise, which is unusual for this podcast, where where he tried to send it when they were three wide with signs and Danny Rick off the back straight, like that was a brave move. Like that was good. It was nice to see that kind of behaviour still and the confidence in the car. It would... I mean, obviously, we want Danny Rick to come out on top. That is obviously a no-brainer. We are that biased. It says it on the tin of the podcast. If you didn't know that, that's what we, we thought. But uh, is it so much? And Campy, is it so much the setup of the car, or is it the upgrades that have been brought, or is it the track? Like, what is it that we've seen in a change between DR's, you know, struggle town versus Lando's absolute domination? through this end of the mid part of the season coming into the latter part of the season where it's starting to shift. is it? What do you think is actually going on? Or is it a mindset thing now for Lando? Is it the opposite of what we've had with DR at the beginning of the year? Lando started here. Danny Rick was down here. Hang on, this is, this is, great, for, this is great for the video. But it's well, <laughs> well, think about it on the ladder. Think about it on the ladder. Lando started at about a seven and he hasn't gone up. Danny Rick started on about a four and he's continually growing and got better and better and better. And they're about even at the moment. And by the end of the year, Danny Rick will be at a nine or ten on that whoa, scale. Whoa. Well, he's always ten on my scale, but uh, yeah, sorry. Look, <laughs> what are you laughing at? Uh, just because I can pull so many audiograms <laughs> from this podcast, there's always a ten on my scale. Like just that by itself. I should give all these audiograms to Lewis and see what he does with them. Yes. Uh, but no, yeah, that is a very Lewis, good mate. audio yeah. description of what you were doing with your hands. Well done. Yeah, Leno, Leno's had some good results, but, you know, I mean, let's look at it from halfway through the season. I didn't expect Danny Rick to struggle with the car so much, mm. but knowing what we know now in hindsight. Dr. You know, hindsight. Yeah, you know, we've all got PhDs in it, boys. So, <laughs> <laughs> knowing what we know now, you know, look, looking back on it, I'm a, I'm a lot more comfortable uh, than where I was, at, you know, after five races and I'm scratching my head going, geez, yeah. this could be grim. Mm. But, uh, no, he'll just continue to grow and grow and grow and get better. Uh, next year, I think uh, the car will be firmly the way he wants it and he'll get better and better and better. But a couple of years or three years in that team and, geez, I mean, we'll be looking back on the first half of this year just going. But, yep, but Johnny well, Herbert said he was lip- done and he was telling us, remember? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Uncle Johnny, you dickhead. <laughs> that's, why, that's why Johnny didn't get a gig this weekend because he's been mouthing off. <laughs> 
He's been put in the bin. Yeah, like we cannot have Johnny Herbert talk shit about Daniel in Texas. That's not going to no. work for anyone. If there's a guy that would probably get beaten up in Texas, probably Johnny Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> he's oh. tiny, he's mouthy, he's, you know, he's got no facial hair. <laughs> Texas, like... <laughs> Everything's big in Texas. Everything's big. <laughs> Johnny would go missing. That's another snap. <laughs> Johnny would go missing. That's why Lucky Yuki had his whole team around him just so they could keep an eye on where he actually was. They didn't lose him. Uh, well, they did you, have Shaq there, didn't they? I was going to say, if you oh, are part of our Discord server, even if you're not, being. go to our Discord server, check out the F1 meme section because uh, oh. you might have seen on the F1 socials, but the, just Shaq and the little podium guys, it's they've so just good. shrunken by 25%. Oh, it's such a bloody good weekend. <laughs> Cannot wait to go to the US Grand Prix next year, boys. It's yeah, going to be fantastic. Yeah. But let's, I mean, overall for McLaren, and um, we'll talk about Ferrari now as well, there is only three and a half points, oh, I hate these half points, between um, McLaren so in the lead in third and Ferrari in fourth. Uh, yeah. it, every point counts here, so it would have been nicer to see, of course, Lando slightly mm. higher. But we do have to bring a lot of praise to Ferrari for this weekend. Charles Leclerc drove a very clean no man's land race and for a car that was not so good uh, last, well, really in the beginning of the season, including last year for him, this is kind of where they would be hoping to be. If they can bag a couple more of these positions, then that third place in the championship, Tommy T, is is, is good. He's the king of that fourth in no man's land, isn't he? He does it Mm. so well. He just figures out the pace that he needs to maintain looks after his tires and doesn't bother anyone else and just stays out of trouble. It's it's kind of an underrated talent that he's got. And we saw Lando do it earlier in the season as well behind those the top three. But usually it's Bottas up there, but not not today. No, um, not today. He was outstanding, wasn't he? he? He got a really good start and he just, just edged that lead out when the fighting was happening behind him and just managed to stay there out of trouble, just run his own race and you can't fault it really. Ferrari have a power upgrade. We know Campy from a couple of races ago. It hasn't really shown a lot, but for this race, it's probably the biggest result, apart from, of course, Carlos and Turkey really being the only one passing anyone else. But for for them, they're going to be hopeful that that's going to see them clear of uh, third position and McLaren for the championship. Yeah, look, oh, it goes this 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 uh, race for third in the championships has gone swings. And peaks and troughs the whole time. I mean, we saw McLaren get a big jump to like 18 points and it slowly diminished. McLaren's going to have another track where they're going to absolutely dominate Ferrari. I mean, the cars, the way that they are are designed are two different philosophies. So we're going to get to places where, where, um, you know, where track-dependent car styles, you know, allows you to be faster or slower. In saying that, I think where Ferrari and McLaren are better is that they've built the gap to the teams behind them mm. big enough so mm-hmm. that if it is a bad weekend for them, they're not going to be under pressure from your from your Alpines, your Toro Rossos or, sorry, your Alfa Terris. Um, There's a name blast from and, the past. <laughs> and your Aston, Aston Martins. So um, it's all about what they can do on track. And I think, you know, we're all – the gap – the gap, unless something happens to one of the top four drivers, it being the two Mercedes and Red Bulls, the gaps and the points that they'll be fighting for are, you know, one and two points differentials. So, you know, we're not going to see the massive swings like we've seen, but mm-hmm. we're going to see McLaren come out and probably get a really good result by the end of there. Whereas Ferrari probably aren't going to get that big result. They're just going to be consistent the way through. So, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. It's something to watch. It, it is, um, and it, it adds more complexity to the championship because generally it's, as you say, Tommy T earlier, Lewis has wrapped it up. Mercedes have generally wrapped it up. We've all moved on. Yeah. You know, really it was a couple of years ago where the third in the championship was a big deal with DR and Renault and all of that sort of stuff, and that was nice. That was the only exciting thing really in the championship, which was yeah. hard to be excited about third. But for this year, yeah. having... You know, the championship contenders at the front in Red Bull and Mercedes, you know, they're definitely one and two. And McLaren and Ferrari, definitely three and four. And then that's it. The rest of the pack, as you say, Alpine, you know, Williams, the rest of them are somewhere around 100 and, and below points. So it is good for us. I mean, we obviously it makes us a little nervous, but it's good for us and it's good for DR. And hopefully if they can secure that yep. third position, you know, that's a good second year in a row that they can do that and and make, you know, that stand just going a little bit further to either second or first for, for next year. But, yeah, for Carlos Sainz, yeah, it was a bit much. He was like, oh, he pushed me off the track and, you know, a little bit of the end plate of his Ferrari front right wing had a bit of damage with DR's contact. But, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think DR's the kind of driver that pushes into anyone else campy, is he? No. No. <laughs> no. no. Total racing incident. Yeah. If anything, Sainz was going for a move that was never going to happen. So, yeah. I mean, but he's got it. I don't blame him for going for it. It no. just didn't ever look like it was going to happen. So, and they did touch rear wheels yes. before yep. the, uh, before it looked like Sainz and Danny Rick collided at the front of the car, which was what, you know, made the fronts connect when yes. they hit the rears. And I think the rears hitting was more signs as fault than Danny Ricks. Yep, so. there you go. That's a good summation. And But Tommy T, I mean, he had Bottas behind him for a good yep. while. The fight went from him trying to take DR to then him defending to Bottas. Bottas had some good moves uh, and ended up in sixth. Let's talk about Mercedes. Uh, VB, did you expect a little bit more from him this weekend starting in ninth? I, I did, but just knowing his, I don't know, struggles with – overtakes and also that Mercedes not liking overtakes. It's almost like on a track where overtakes are more possible, they're worse somehow mm. because everyone else can kind of play that kind of, I don't know, use of DRS and to their advantage. But he just he just couldn't couldn't make it work, could he? Can't I think follow. the roles reverse and you put Lewis in that position, I think he would have just flown through in that car. For whatever reason, the setup just doesn't work for Bottas with his ability to overtake. He, he needs to start that car in the top two really to have a chance um, or start from the very back and just <laughs> bolt on that downforce on yeah. like a spot you can't overtake and then just get past people that way, I guess. Um, but, yeah, di- disappointing. We have seen really good stuff out of Bottas, so we can't be too harsh on him. Since, since the announcement of him moving, yep. he's been outstanding. So I think this is still solid. He's doing his yep. job for the team. It, it is yep. what it is. They consolidated that kind of constructors loss potentially mm-hmm. by having a double podium for Red Bull. So that's a tick. He's still doing what they want, even though he's not there next year, but can't fault it. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Campy, I mean, your thoughts on, qualified, on qualified, qualified fourth. I mean, that's all you can ask him to do. Um, he was, you know, he's he's within two tenths of them and coming up against Max and Lewis. What more do you want from a second driver? Yep. yep. To give him a grid penalty, I, I Yesterday, I think I said, oh, "Look, he's not going to pass anyone." Just Poor because guy. It, it's not there's not pace in the car, but I mean, he got held up by mm-hmm. Sonoda or Gasly or whatever it was mm-hmm. for the first yeah. fifteen laps, and just ruins your race. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a constant fight back when he got in some clean air. He's trying to drive up the road, but yeah, it's a shame for Bottas. I mean, 
I was really – I really wanted him to have a win this year, but, you know, yeah, look, maybe he's not as good as I wanted him to be. Well, he hasn't so, had yeah. a win this year, don't forget. He has, no, he has. He has yeah, had that, that win, but – I mean, he drove that win in Hungary, which was beautiful, and he probably should have had a few more podiums too Yeah, if the team didn't, you know – do stupid things Using like I'll bait. take this. Yeah, yeah. Like, having yeah, a seventeen Monza. motor. Oh, Monza. Yep. Oh, don't. Lewis, let's yeah. talk about Lewis Hamilton, Tommy T, because he looked pretty dejected, didn't he? Uh, mm-hmm. Again, sat in the same place as he sat after qualifying inside the steward, well, the sort of FIA area where they all get yep. weighed and everything else. Um, Angela, his trainer, who's uh, from New Zealand, so that's really nice, but um, sought some comfort there and. He could tell that he really wanted this, couldn't you, and that he just yeah. wasn't happy with his performance at all. Yeah. I, d- I don't think he did anything wrong, though. I think mm. he just got outplayed by the t- two cars, which is just Strategy. roles reversed, hey. Yep. Like, we've, we have not seen that, and all of a sudden he's on the back foot because there's two cars surrounding him. He has to make the move when they made him make that move. Yeah. He had no other option. Yep. And, you, and like, we talked about it quickly, but, like, Max – Knew full well that they had to use Checo in that point to force that that move uh, for Lewis to pit, so that Max could sail away and manage that. I mean, to his credit, he still had it. Like a couple oh. of overtakes here and there, a couple of like blue flags changed, and he would have been fine, wouldn't he? Yep. Like he was so close, but it's one of those ones. I don't think you can fault what they did with one car versus two. What was the gap after the second? Pit stop. I think it was about eight seconds. He was back on on uh, Verstappen, yeah, on the hards. And I know Verstappen had some um, tires that weren't that great. You know, he'd used them a bit more of them. But I mean, he drove right up to get within what eight tenths over the finish line. You're right in saying, yeah, uh, you know, if, that they got played by Red Bull, and they did. But Mercedes has done this to people. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For lot. You know, they've done it to Max Verstappen and Red Bull. This is just. Uh, Getting it back. He was dejected because uh, oh, their pace on Friday just says to me that something went on in the in the uh, in the garage that we don't know about, and he'd be super frustrated about it. But hey, look, let's just be fascinated with the guy and his fight and the way he's able to drive and yeah. come back to adversity. He's a sook, and rewatching that 2014 <laughs> season, oh mate, the the emotions and the way he played it was just sickening to watch. Yeah, um, and it makes me sort of almost go back to my previous thoughts about Hamilton. Although he has grown on me, um, but he will get it right by the end of the year. He's going to oh. win. He'll win at least three more races, in my opinion. And um, you know, look. He's that capable. If we get a track where it's wet, I know Max is just as capable. He will make the most of some yes. of his opportunities. Mm. And if he gets the luck that he's had in previous championships, which you you always need, um, he'll be fine. But, you know, in saying that, they've left some big points on the they table have, this year. Sure. I mean, I go back to Baku, I think Spa. They left, oh, Spa didn't happen. There's another race in there where they left. You know, they just left seven points mm. on because of dumb mistakes in the team, you know. Yeah. At a minimum. I mean, that extra 25 points or 18 points at Baku, just that goes back and, it, you know, it still yep. sits him that, you know, that extra 12 points is in front now mm. and he's still got some breathing room. But yep. the do problem – Do you sorry, think this the, goes all the way to the end of the season without oh, a ab- clear winner? Ab- the absolutely. last race? 
That's all we want, don't we? Yeah. That's what we want. Yeah, for sure. The thing is, is these races become, you know, like (laughs) if you come second to max, it's like it's like a two it's almost two goals for one, right? You know, you lose seven points, but it's hey, this guy, you know, this guy gained it. So it's it's Mm. hard this weekend to I mean six points doubled to twelve. It's you know, it's two goals for getting that win. Yep. Um at least you got the fastest lap and that could play into it as well. Mm. Um yeah, but I mean, this is what it comes back to for me. I, I would hate to see this championship decided by what happened at Spa. Yeah, me too. Yep, yeah. couldn't agree with you more. Shouldn't have been a water point. <laughs> and, you know, I'm and looking at that now, and I go, shit. Do I think Verstappen deserves it? Do I want him to win it more than Hamilton? Yeah. Absolutely. But you know, I'll be looking back at this season, going, geez, if a bit of stuff had gone his way, that would have been different. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, Spa is still deciding. Yeah, you know where we're at. So yep. yeah. yeah, it absolutely is. It's uh, yeah, I hated that whole thing. It was just not not good at all. Uh, let's talk about Red Bull. Great for Sergio Perez, as I mentioned. He didn't have any drinks at all for the whole race, Ugh. which would have been absolutely not a good thing. Um, but he put it in third. He played the best rear gunner I think he's played all year. He was finally yep. there to be used as that strategy pawn, as you said. Uh, Tommy T, you know, Max Verstappen getting on the radio and going, you know, get him out into the pits, you know, to force Lewis to do the same thing. And it worked. Um, yep. It's great that Max held off Lewis, of course. Karen Horner came on and said we were worried about the last couple of laps with the tyres. We didn't think they were going to hold on, but Max drove a great race. But for your point of view, Tommy T, Red Bull overall this weekend. Outstanding. Yeah, outstanding. I think the biggest thing that Checo's had to finally figure out was his qualifying. Mm. Like, because his race pace has been always good. It's just getting into a position to start the race that's actually effective rather than always starting out of the points and fighting through. Just start at the front, dude. Why are you making it so much harder for yourself? And he he seems to have turned a corner and Karen was very positive about him after qualifying saying, yes, this is what we've needed. This is what has been missing. And finally, we've got that rear gun and we've got that kind of teammate for Max to do these things. And it, they took full advantage of it, didn't they? I mean, they didn't get the one-two, but they – did just about as good as they could have. I think it was really impressive for a te- the team as well. And and Checo, just outstanding from him um, to keep with them. Because in the past, we've seen him or Bottas in that second driver just drop back from the top two and almost create that window themselves and then have to try and undercut, try something to force it from there. But he was with Hamilton for a lot of that race as well, yeah. which is full credit to his race pace as well and maintaining He's come back, Campy, hasn't he? I mean, when he, they signed him for second year, he kind of fell off a little bit, didn't he? But he's now starting to make that yeah. good move towards the front. Yeah, it's one race, two races out of, what, the 15 we've had. Still not good enough for me, but hey, he's heading in the right direction. So that's all you can ask for him. I think I thought he carried on a bit about being spent after 20 laps. I was like, if you can't drive this thing for 20 laps, you know, it, no, but w- – it's some of the races we have it like this year and last year that are taxing on your body. Coda is not one that comes to mind. Yes, it's hot, but I thought he played it up a bit. But anyway, I mean. <laughs> He's just sweated like four kilos and he can't replenish it with anything, you jerk. 
Well, Kimmy does it all the time. You never hear him with Jim, do you? Well, you do. That's the point. <laughs> he just swears well, he to everyone. Well, no, he just says, yeah, but he doesn't carry on in the media afterwards. Yes. Well, look, no, good for Red Bull. Yes, I'm gl- good for Red I'm Bull. glad to see, you know, it, this is what, it needs some sorry. domination. You need some Red Bull domination, some Mercedes domination, yep. some equal, you know, go to a race, have a different attitude. That's what we want, right, Campy? Yeah, that's what we want. And I just want to say, just see turn one get up when Lewis came out of the pits and he was behind Max Verstappen. The cheer was oh, uh, audible. Clearly literally. the guys well loved. But for me, that's just a big changing point that, you know, yeah. that I is the last. It's, it's not even- no, I think that, that could be the last time we see Hamilton in front of Verstappen for the rest of his career. Oh. And that, you know, that, that pass in the pits, although it wasn't on track, yeah. The fans got around it and the cheer was massive. And yeah, I don't even know if it's that anti- to me is surprising. I don't think it's anti Lewis as much as it's just anyone new, anyone different. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, no, sustained right. dominance is just one of those things that sports people want to rail against and find the underdog and something different and new, like you see it in basketball. You see it in all these sports that sustained dominance like Michael Jordan, everyone wanted to beat him. And if you could you were the best, but no one could. Yeah. Because he's the second best we've ever had. Isn't that right? Look, it's good. <laughs> 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 oh, goodness me. That's uh, – look, you go talk about that on your podcast, your basketball podcast. People, people under, under – people the, the age under 30, I just don't even deal with it. <laughs> 30, under, well, you are 30, 30 in like 30 in one month, so like you're still in the under 30 category. Jeez. <laughs> oh, because you were 30, you were under Kevin 30. Kevin doesn't believe in logic or oh. maths. Or maths, oh, yeah. Oh, maths. <laughs> oh. I do, love, I do love people doing maths live on air and yeah. uh, Brundle doing maths live on air about the points at the end. It's like, oh, just wait oh, to see what the official thing it. is. Anyway, boys, that's our t- team by team. Analysis done and dusted for Coda. Uh, let's talk fantasy names. Do love this part of the podcast. <laughs> and thank you to you for taking the time uh, to change the names. It's been a heap, so I'm only going to read a select few. Here we go. Double bacon breakfast taco, <laughs> Alex B. Yeah, he bloody crofty couldn't help himself telling us that story time and time again. Bottas, the ICE man. <laughs> Which I love. Iceman, internal combustion engine. Uh, save a horse rider, Daniel. Hell boogity. Uh, the international one-fingered salute of disapproval, David L. Ravenclaw Racing, Emily G. Emily, I put that in there because Cappy would have absolutely no idea what that's about. Um, Jonathan C. Forgot to update my team. That's just Cappy every week. Uh, Daniel does Dallas or Austin. Josh L. <laughs> PhD PhD in hindsight, Byron H. Sheriff Ricky Bobby reporting for duty, Haley H. Dr. Hindsight at Campy's University, Aaron B. (laughs) Count this one. Campy's feet-flavoured humble pie, James N. Johnny Herbert, the Jar Jar Binks of Sky F1. (laughs) Massive bin in the Yas F1 team. Mason C, except the S's are all dollar signs. uh, These are very good. Uh, Martin Brundle trying to be hip with the kids. Harrison Z. I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight power units for Bottas. Nathan R. Land do or land don't, that is. 
asked the question, Jason M. Very good. Tommy T, I've got some bad news for you. Uh, I know. Campy is overtaking you again by doing absolutely nothing to his team. 26 to Campy, 28 to I to change my you. team and it timed out and qualifying Stop started. It. Oh, Literally, I had it there and it's like, you cannot put this in. It's like, oh, it's just it's got three seconds and then it timed out. I was like, I'm 61st. So that's, I'm on my, that's my fault. Uh, yeah. It can't be. It's very annoying how well you're doing at that. Can I just say? Because you just you do nothing. Considering you do nothing, but you are probably going to win. Tommy T, look, let's set so you I'll, and I. Let me throw years on the trial. Oh, you're not. You, can't, you did not win last year. Don't. Oh, did, did so. Not, not did out of the three I'm of us. I'm going back to yeah, listen to you. You should. Well, look. That is our race review of the United States Grand Prix at Coda. As I said up the top, we would love to be there next year. I'm sure uh, definitely Campy's probably going to be there. I'm definitely probably going to be there. I'm only saying definitely probably because we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Dan Andrews and letting Campy out. You might have to ask nicely. <laughs> uh, but it would be awesome to do that. Uh, Tommy, too, would obviously oh, be great yeah. to have you there as well. Um, it'll be OzGP definitely. Hopefully Coda is the other one that we definitely do a lakeside drive get together with. But thanks so much for doing everything to support the show. As I said, uh, either leaving a review, liking this video on Instagram, subscribing, sorry, on our YouTube, subscribing to our YouTube or liking the posts that Lewis is going to be doing on Instagram and buying merch. A whole bunch of you bought merch last couple of weeks. That's been awesome too. Of course, that helps us uh, financially. You guys are legends. We really love doing this. Yes. We really, really love the community that we've got. So you are the biggest star as part of all of this, and I'm not trying to be cheesy with that. I genuinely mean it. So that's it for this Grand Prix review. Now, Campy, are we going to have a classic race review next Monday? And if we were to have a classic race review, would you like it to be the 2001 Brazilian Grand Prix because yeah. it's on KO? <laughs> Crack and race will do all that. Right. It sounds a bit, it's a bit more accessible for everyone. Yes. I might need to borrow one of your cars. I'll, I'll hook you up. Stuff. If you pay full price for a KO <laughs> login, you, you need to find a friend and share the uh, share the load there. But let's yeah. do that. The 2001 Brazilian Grand Prix, we will do a classic race review of that. 5.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Time next Monday. If you're in Australia, you can find it on KO. That's where it lives. But, lads, been fantastic as always to do this with you. We'll see you next week for our classic race review and then, of course, the Mexican Jeez. Grand Prix. Yeah. I've got my notes. Excellent. And Campy, your computer is uh, back to working full uh, steam for all those viruses. I'm thinking I might just get off and uh, go and reset the modem. No, I'll be right. Figure it out. <laughs> if, it, if I drop <laughs> out, I drop <laughs> out. Technical difficulties, what do you do? Sports Social Podcast Network.